Sometimes I'm perplexed by the people that God brings into our field of vision, our circle of influence, and I'm always wondering, always grateful, of course. I think it's amazing to expand, and that's you know where I think from a vision casting, entrepreneurial perspective, that's amazing. However, I never know the full purpose, and I never can see the stars align until I spend quality, dedicated time with people. And the podcast is truly that expression of love, of quality time. If you know the five love languages, you know what I'm talking about. Gary Chapman rocks. If you don't, go check out the book. The resource is incredible and you will literally love differently and more purposed and more intentionally knowing your love language and knowing the love languages of others. But today's podcast guest, Jessica Lorian, was just a breath of fresh air. You're going to love her temperament. You're going to love her tone. I can't even imagine going to see her on the mini stages or seeing her on TV for either a show, a commercial, or a film. But she's an actor and she's incredible. And she lives in New York City and she went there right fresh from college with her two suitcases. And she'll expand on that story as you listen. Uh, but she's so much more than that. She's an advocate for young and budding artists. She is an advocate for moms and she's not even a mom. So that's pretty rad. She has her own podcast and I had the pleasure of being on that, the pumping, pumping podcast. You need to go check it out. But she really is just a light. And ultimately, I thank God for the fact that he brings people into our sphere who give us tips and tricks and trades and joy and she's a joy giver. And so I'm excited for you guys to tune into her today. And whether you think you're an artist or not, I believe that we're all born in that capacity with that gift. And so she is someone who wants to foster that and enhance it and give you more access to doing it yourself. And knowing that every side of who you are, including the struggles that she's gone through uh, with psoriasis and um, not being able to activate certain dreams based on that, it is evident that he uses all things and he can use every facet of who you are to bring to life the God dream. It's the whole reason I designed the God dream design course, y'all, is to know that there are silver linings in all the highs and all the lows. So wherever I'm finding you today, I hope that you are well. I hope that you are whole. I hope that you are pursuing your dreams and if you feel stifled in that, you know I'm your biz bestie, you know I'm your girlfriend, you know I'm your fellow passionista. So touch base with me in the community, outside of podcasting, outside of Instagram, outside of social. It is a place for dedicated experience and dedicated relationship. And so the links are in the show notes. Check it out. You can find it on my website at tamaraandress.com slash community. And I look forward to getting to know you, but more so I look forward to sharing Jessica with you today. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says for such a time as this, it's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast. Though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist, this isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. 
This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. All right. Welcome, welcome. We are so excited to be here today and ultimately just share the heart of two women who have come aligned in only connection through podcasting world, which I think is so cool. <laughs> Usually when I bring people on, I'm like, oh, we're connected this way, this way, this way. And so this is so fun for me because there's going to be so many elements to the conversation that'll be a surprise for me, just like it'll be a surprise for our guests. But I am grateful that you also had me recording on your podcast, which is a part of your bio, part of your intro. You guys, this is Jessica Lord. DeLorean. And I love when I asked her, how do I say your last name? She said, just like DeLorean. <laughs> and so I will not forget the DeLorean. Uh, we also have a local band for your best friend who lives in Virginia Beach, the DeLoreans, that she might be familiar with. They're incredible. Um, but yeah, so Jessica has a rap sheet that will wow you and everything from film to TV to stage and theater acting. She lives in the Big Apple, which is surely a part of her heartbeat and a part of her dreams. And to be living it out now is so cool. So we'll dive into that space. She's also the host of the Pumping Podcast, which we'll talk about. And I had the honor of being on. Um, so it's there's so many cool things about that and what she's doing for the world and the impact that she's creating. And she's a teacher, encourager, and inspirer of next generation of artists which is right up my alley because I think the next generation is just such a space of need at this time. And so to do so around art and the beautiful things that you're working on, I just think is so good. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This is such a pleasure. I'm so honored. And um, I already had so much fun chatting with you for my podcast. And so I'm, I'm just really grateful to be here and to connect with your audience as well. Agreed. Agreed. So tell us, I kind of did a little mini bio. Tell us more about you. Where are you tuning in from? Um, and, and yeah, your story of how you got where you're at today. Oh my gosh. Where, where <laughs> I know it's a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> Um, I'm originally from Massachusetts. I am an only child. Um, 
I grew up, you know, it's, it, it's crazy. I'm recently watched this documentary and it was kind of talking about your past and mm. how that molds you for the, for your future. Um, I grew up in a split family, but loved by two wonderful people. My mom then went on to get remarried. So then I gained a second father and it's been a really beautiful journey to see how they've all supported me throughout my life and my transition. I pretty much packed my bags. You know, it's funny, when I graduated college, my mom and my stepdad said to me, which I'm so grateful for, so Jess, for graduation, we were thinking, we've been saving up some money, maybe we should go on a trip to Italy. Ooh. I said, no, I think I want to move to New York. Ah! <laughs> Idiot. Oh <laughs> my gosh, I'm like, that's so right. You probably would have lived in Italy. <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, I, I guess I was just thinking at the time, you know, I can always go to Europe. Yeah. Get, well, you know, haven't been back yet, but <laughs> I just had this dream and this goal to, you know, be in New York city in the big apple. I remember when I was in high school, I would go on these little weekend trips. They'd jam pack, you know, you'd leave at like five thirty in the morning yes. and you wouldn't get back till twelve thirty at night and you would drive in and you would see a show and sometimes you'd see two shows and dinner and walk all around the city. And I remember being in Times Square and walking around and just really feeling like this is where I wanna be. This mm. felt like home, mm. the energy, the pulse of the city. Um and then it's kind of crazy because now twelve years later you know, sometimes I walk around and I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> but no, I, there's something, you know, it's a city that you love and you hate. Yeah. You know, I, I have a friend who recently started a company. Um, it's called I Tolerate New York. And um, it's true. But the tolerate is in a heart because you truly do. Uh. Like, there's so much about the city that you love. And so, yeah, I'm joining you from the city. I moved here to pursue acting. Um, uh, started off in theater. Now I've been moving a little bit more into TV and film. Okay. Had this desire to reach out more and start my podcast. And it's just been a really incredible journey. But I would say, you know, moving to the city has been transformative. It, you know, even for theater, I would go away for a few months and live in a, another state for three months at a time, four months at a time. Wow. And that was always an amazing adventure, but you know, around like two, three weeks when I'm looking for food at 1030 yes. at night, or, you know, I'm, I'm looking to have some interaction at a coffee shop that's busy and bustling. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a catch 22. Right. You're always going to want what you don't have, but right. I think ultimately I'm so grateful to be here. I can't imagine myself anywhere else. And, um, it's truly made me, I think who I am. So that's so amazing. So how old were you when you actually moved there? It was right out of college, okay. so 21, I guess. Okay. Wow, so yeah. young. Now, did you know anyone there? No. <laughs> I mean, wow. I literally, it, it sounds so, you know, like a, like a book, but I literally packed two suitcases. My mom brought me to the bus station, and I'll never forget her face when, when she <clears throat> was in the car, you know, and I walked away, she's just sobbing. I remember I called her later on and talked to her and she said, well, I sat in my car for about an hour and sobbed 
And then I called my sister and I decided to go shopping and I bought some shoes. <laughs> Retail therapy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, I had this mission. So, um, through a family friend, I stayed in an apartment for two weeks rent free, which was amazing. just amazing yeah. to just get started and get my footing. Yeah. I got a job a week later at a restaurant. I just took one day and went out to all these different restaurants and tried to get a job. Um, but no, I didn't know anybody. I, I, I had some friends from college, like acquaintances, if I needed to connect to them, I would, but nobody really that I was, you know, going to be meeting routinely. Wow. So talk us through like the journey of, of being an artist, being an actor, an actress, if you will, were you like, cause I have kids of my own and one who is really wants to take the stage right now but I'm not sure. She's definitely not musically talented. (laughs) And so I'm like, are you going to act? And then there's another one who is incredibly vivacious and is made for a stage, but hates to be on stage. So like what was, yeah, he doesn't, he only likes it when it's people that he loves and he knows. But if he ever goes up on stage for like a performance at school, freezes, won't make eye contact. The other one that my daughter, what'd you say? What about filming or live or anything? So we took him to an audition. Maybe he'd be okay in front of like a camera. He is good in front of a camera. He actually has like made his own YouTube videos. And he's like, comment or like below. I'm like, what? You're fine. Where did you even hear that? Oh, he's definitely a ham. So that's a good perspective. I didn't think about that. It's not the audience. That would be theater versus. Right. Okay. Okay. So talk us about your experience. Um. You know, first of all, as far as kids go and for any mothers out there, whether your children are going to dive and have a career in the arts, whatever the arts is, mm-hmm. acting, singing, dancing, artistic, anything, um, no matter what, I think it's so important for the development of children. I think number one, it's the most important for your confidence and it's the most important to really get connected to your emotions and something that's like higher than us. Mm. The music and like dance, we talked about this on our pod, my, my podcast, connecting to dance, all those aspects, I think benefit children, mm. you know, even who are going to go into the corporate world, yeah. you know, they then are able to speak in front of a crowd of people okay. or they're able to think creatively in a different way. So um, I wouldn't necessarily shy away if, if if you're a mom out there or a dad and you're ever wanting your kids to be connected to that, I think that's amazing. For me, um, it was kind of always in my blood. Um, both of my parents were singers. My mom was the um, head of a music department. She was a choir director. She just retired a few years ago after 42 years of teaching. Wow. Um, my first musical I ever did was actually to be in one of her musicals. Um, it was always with just high school kids, but she threw me in there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and That's I had smart. a blast. Plus, I thought it was super cool that I was hanging out with like high school kids. <laughs> of course. Um, and my dad, he was a singer. Uh, he also played trumpet. I was exposed to all of that stuff at a very young age. Yeah. So I think it just kind of became part of me. Um And then I'll never forget, I went to this summer program where we had to pick a major and a minor. You could pick it, whatever arts major and minor you wanted. So I majored in dance and minored in theater. Yeah. 
and I had this little Little Mermaid song that I did during the performance. And I'll never forget my mom's reaction after that was just one of like such support and love and encouragement. And it just kind of sparked something inside of me. Um, And so I went and I studied it um, at Shenandoah Conservatory in Virginia. Um, And then, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was on tour for two years with the National Tour of Beauty and the Beast and walking out onto that stage every night. I mean, it it's a feeling that you can't describe, mm. which is also, to explain it, is like totally different than TV and film and commercial, which sure. is why I mentioned that for your son. Because yeah. like, you know, I performed at one theater. There were 6,000 people in that theater it was sold out there were six thousand seats it was in indiana and it's like that energy it's just palpable you know so and it's yeah you have to be on your toes and there's after you do a show like 300 times there's something that's (laughs) sort of just in you it just kind of happens yeah but there's also that moment sometimes where you're like I could not say my next line and everybody in this audience would just be like, you know, on the edge of their seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good. There's that whole thing. Um, but then with TV and film, it's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. And it's really stripping all of that away and getting back to who you are and being grounded and, and quiet, which is a weird thing yeah. for especially theater actors to like, channel but um I don't know it's it's been I personally can't imagine doing anything else and when I I remember when I was auditioning at colleges I met this professor at Ithaca she kind of scared me (laughs) but there was an element that was true in what she said she looked at me and she said if you can picture yourself doing anything else but theater don't do theater wow and I was like (laughs) <laughs> you're, you're right because it's I think it's that level of like you have to eat sleep and breathe yeah. acting and and the arts if you're going to pursue it as a career yeah. because there are so many hurdles interestingly but, as you're talking about this I have obviously a plethora of type of people that come onto the podcast but just was it yesterday my days mixed together it was either I think it was Tuesday I had um, somebody that I have to get you in touch with he's uh, his name is Joel Casanova and he has Beat Hunter Dance Studio. And it's all oh. about um, the exploring identity through faith, um, through dance. And he's incredible. Oh. He went to uh, Regent University here and has developed this studio, both virtual um, lessons, in person. And he has this entire global mission. Um, so to have like two artists on the same week, I think that's so neat. Artists yeah. in the realm of, of stage performing. Um, and everyone, I believe, is born an artist doesn't matter what that looks like. Our expression Mm -hmm. of God himself, I believe, is done in the form of art. That's how he created the heavens and the earth. It's how he created us. And so when you talked about it being like in your DNA, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. But to now hear like the generational influence, obviously, of your parents, I think that plays such a big role. And I also find it interesting as a mom, and I want to speak to your pumping podcast here in a second to transition, but as a mom, thinking about those those little moments that can become huge moments 
and your mom was just being loving, right? She was just like yeah. affirming you. She it was also part of her passion, so she was probably like really thrilled that you're good at it. <laughs> right, but right. There's also just the point of just like wow, she's enamored by you. She loves you as ed- I hope you know every mom does towards their kiddos. And then that was so ingrained in you as an affirmation point that you were like, okay, I want to keep earning her love. And so it's a necessary thing for us as moms to be super mindful of those times because there have surely been moments where I've said things that I wish I could take back or in a heat of a moment, or there's also the times where I'm constantly affirming my children and I'm wondering, is this the place that God would have me affirm them? Because what if my affirming them so much in this space isn't what they're meant to do? Is it going to contradict them later in life? Or is it going to propel them into the space of purpose? I don't know. So I think it's important for us as moms to be tuned in to all of their gifts and not just see maybe the one that's shiny or there in the forefront all the time. Well, exactly. I think I was going to say something similar to that in that as long as you're affirming the multiple things that they do, you know, so when they make that really amazing math calculation, you know, or get that really amazing test or write that really amazing paper or paint that really beautiful painting or sing that really beautiful song. It's like they're all equally affirmed. So whatever speaks to them, which for me, it was performing, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I might've written a really good paper, which I did it multiple times, but <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't get that desire to be Write a writer yeah, you know, yeah. or a journalist yeah. or anything like that. So I think as long as you equally affirm, yeah, that's you know, not, not overly, yeah, you know, of course, like, of course, where it's appropriate. Yes. But, um, I think they'll kind of find it themselves. That's really cool. So I want to share with the audience cause it's, it, it just blows my mind cause I didn't know that part about your story. She has the Pumping Podcast, and it's a place where women can gather. Obviously, if you're a mom, you know exactly what's happening, (laughs) and yet at the same time, you could be nursing, you could be in the stage of life where I am, where my kiddos are older, and I'm not thinking about that at all, thank goodness. My boobies are mine, and my husband's, (laughs) but mine, and I get to just, um, you know, resonate with the motherhood journey. So thinking for sure, I can't wait to find out about her little kids. And she shares, actually, I'm not a mom yet. I have a heart of a mother. I think most women do. Share with me like the moment that you decided this is a passion project that I want to take on and how that has been an evolution since you started. It's, I get that so many times or people will kind of assume naturally, you know, and they'll be like, oh, can't wait to hear about your kids. And I'm like, ha ha, you're going to have to wait a few years. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's, I want to also explain to everybody that we do not just talk about pumping or even breastfeeding at all. Yeah, we did Um, it. and, it, and it, at first when I was creating it, my mom specifically said like, well, maybe you should consider the name a little bit. But the name specifically is because the original intention came for moms who are currently pumping or breastfeeding to listen to something so that they don't feel so alone during those isolating times. But I mean, I have moms like yourself who have kids who are older, um, you know, you're allowed to watch, I mean, you're allowed to listen anytime you want, whether you're yeah. driving or doing dishes or yes. working out or whatever. But um, it, it really came for me, um, you know, as we were talking about with acting, acting has highs and lows and it has periods where 
you know, you're searching for a sense of creativity. And so I was in one of those places and I was looking for something creative, looking for something that I could control because oftentimes with the acting career too, it feels like you only have so much control. And all of my friends were starting to have kids and I was inundated in the best way by it. And I was babysitting too. And so I was holding a baby. This actually, it really came about, I was um, babysitting this little girl like um, March, April, May, almost, almost every day in succession, holding this little six month old. Um, and it just felt so dang good. <laughs> but um, I was just all, all, already around all of this conversation. And I was talking to one of my best friends who had just had a baby and she was telling me about how she feels or felt very isolated and lonely when she was pumping or breastfeeding. She gave me the story of how she would go to her in-laws and, you know, her father-in-law didn't love having her boob out while she was breastfeeding. So that's a whole nother conversation, (laughs) but she had to go to the second bedroom to pump while everybody else or breastfeed while everybody else was having a grand old time. Mm. I then happened to in like the same week stumble across another friend who was going to a bachelorette and all of her all the bachelorette ladies were going into the winery and she had to sit in the car and pump. And I just thought like this is not fair and it's something amazing that we're doing for our babies but we should be able to be comforted in some way. And so I just thought well what if I can learn more about motherhood before I dive into it and serve other moms? And so it's been so rewarding, not only for my education, but in connecting moms. And like, I'm, I'm always just brainstorming, how can I build this community even more and more? Um, I'm still praying on that. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what comes of that. But well, I already have yeah. some ideas for you. You know, my entrepreneurial brain is like, ooh, let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you feel like you've been sitting on the dream God has given you for far too long? Do you feel out of alignment or obedience because of it? Or perhaps you've been spinning your wheels on how to answer God's call, but can't quite define or design it into a business? Maybe you've titled this God dream a ministry, one you wholeheartedly give all of your time and energy to, yet your passion isn't providing the profit you need to sustain your home your first ministry? Do you struggle with the idea of earning money doing something you believe he'd want you to do in servanthood? Do you feel unworthy as a woman to possess wealth? Y'all, I get it. I've been in every one of those shoes, and I can promise you the moment I traded those worn out sandals for his intended comfort, I was able to finally walk the miles it has taken to grow the dream From ideation to activation, catapulting my true passions into my full purpose. And now, while I've had a joy to group coach many women over the past couple of years in a group setting, I still sense there are missing straps to their well-made shoes. So I designed this course, the God Dream Design Course, to walk alongside you intimately until you've claimed the gift of the shoes he has always wanted for you. You're probably wondering if this is the surefire way to claim your roots and discover your wings as a kingdom entrepreneur, why are we talking about shoes? Well, these aren't Nikes, they aren't Yeezys, whatever the kids call them these days, and I am not giving you sandals like Hermes either. 
God's shoes truly fly. God's shoes have limitless souls that never wear down. They are promised to get you where He has shown you that you were intended to be. So come along for the ride. Get out of that stuck analysis paralysis state of limitation and develop the mindsets, methods, and models to bring to life the vision He has planned for you before you were knit in your mother's womb. Sign up today for your self-paced program where I will actually provide you live coaching, a community of women to walk this journey alongside, a package of goodies right at your doorstep, and many more incredible deliverables. You can find all of the details on my site at tamraandress.com. Don't forget, Tamara is T-A-M-R-A. I got the good version. Thanks, Mom. But really, girls, it's time to fly. I promise it's as spring as it sounds. See you soon. <laughs> so we'll go that there. Been an amazing journey. Yeah, so amazing. And and so uh, you had told me when you were explaining it before, and I thought it was so profound, is like when we go into something new, we often don't just like jump blindsided into it. And we prepare for it and we might educate ourselves in some regard or have conversations about it. And though as becoming a mother, you have that time frame during pregnancy where you can read the books and get all the new stuff. What happens before that is often just this yearning to be a mom and no education, just the education maybe around like, how do I make this work? Like what temperature am I at? What time is it? This Maybe the cycle component of having a baby. But beyond that, like, you're just like, I'm going to be a mom. This is what, this is what happened. The baby comes out and now I'm a mom, but there's exactly. so much more to it than that. And of and you course, can read the books, I think you, yeah. know, you can read what to expect. Yeah. You can read breastfeeding 101. You yeah. can even go to the classes, but I think it's different to hear it from the lips of yeah. a mom who's been there. And, you know, we touch on so many different topics. We touch on infertility. We touch on foster care. We touch on adoption. We touch on postpartum. It's like so many things. And so there's, I think it's a different sense of education, you know, it's really neat. And the other cool thing about it for me too, is like, I get to kind of like hang with the moms too, (laughs) you know, like when I'm not a mom, because as you, as your friends start to become moms, but you're not one, like you feel a little bit like an outsider. It's so true. Now, like I can speak to it because it's not personal, but I can say, Oh, I had a guest who went through X, Y, Z. Oh, I know what that term is. You know, that's so cool. cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I think I was like a among one of the first in my friend group to have kids. And so it's funny that you feel that way with the opposite because I felt that way as a mom. I was like, oh my gosh, my entire phone is not calling me. I have no friends. (laughs) Friday nights don't look the same. Saturday days don't look the same. And I felt really isolated in the fact that they were all out partying and going in, still, you know, living their 20s lifestyle. And I was at home nursing a baby. And that was a part of my, like, I think, uh, demise, if you will, a circa coming back into like being a CEO and really running gung ho into a lifestyle that wasn't my own. And I think often that can happen as a mom is like, you are so desperate for identity because it's often lost in that space that you can seek out the wrong sense of identity. And so um, I think it's amazing that you are exploring that now so that as you come into becoming a mom, you have that, that know-how and that knowledge and can even, like you said before, like strip yourself of things like mom guilt, 
before even understanding what mom guilt feels like. Right. It's such a, yeah. And I mean, of course, like you never know till you're in it, you know, and I, it's kind of fun because I get to have different conversations with my husband about these things too. And I'm like, I'm sure there's going to be multiple things that don't look the way that, you know, I expect them to be, but at least there's some sort of anticipation. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. So let's kind of switch gears and go back into the realm of theater and more along the heartbeat of your desire to like teach, educate, and inspire this next generation of artists. How do you hope to do that? How do you feel like you've already done that? What's your vision? Yeah, it's um, about two years ago now, which is crazy. I feel like it was just last year, but about two years ago, I started... Um, coaching kids. Um, and I, I created a masterclass that I did back at my hometown in Massachusetts. And it was something that was just kind of fell upon me. I thought, I feel like I want to give back. I had been in acting class and learning so much valuable information that I thought I would love to have known when I was a child. Um, and so I thought, what if I kind of create something? And I did that and it, it, gave me so much more than I ever even anticipated. And they were so, I mean, I don't know. It, it's hard to hard to describe. I've never necessarily wanted, I mean, my mom was an educator for years. And I remember she would always be like, you're not going to be a teacher. But this is kind of a, <clears throat> a different realm. You know, yeah. I, I don't really have a desire to be in a school every single day or as a professor or anything. But encouraging kids passions that they already have giving them a taste of what it's like here in new york city um was just it really lit me up it was really fun and so i've continued here and there online pretty much because i'm in new york so we would meet online but i would coach kids you know through these techniques that we learn and i think even i learned as far as acting goes a little too late Mm. what like I feel like the things that I wish I learned, that I learned now, I feel like I wish I learned in college. Mm. Um, And they're very basic things, kind of getting down to like the soul of who you are and that authenticity. Mm. And it's not necessarily this like showy, 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 which is great to an essence, you know, and works for certain things. But kids can also be so vulnerable and so real. Um, so that's been really amazing to work with them. And then I actually have a program that is starting July 6th. Um, I launched a four week class online for kids, um, 10 to 21, excuse me. And we're going to be talking all about self taping and auditioning from home because if you don't know the, the way of the world right now, especially for, you know, acting and performing, we don't really know, especially when theater is going to be back. Um, TV and film and commercial are slowly starting to get, gain some footing. But, you know, when you usually audition for something, you have to go in for the audition. And now I think whether we're back to a normal or not, they're going to be saving on studio prices. Yeah. They're going to be saving on, you know, all of this time. And they're just going to say tape at home yeah and so now we have all of these other skills that we have to learn for our career which is like oh great yeah, another thing, thing. You know? yeah exactly um 
But this is something that I've been doing for a while now and that I have direct access to casting directors yeah. and people to tell me how to do it yeah. that these kids might not have. That's so, so cool. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to start for, it's going to be four Mondays in a row starting okay. July 6th. And we're just going to get on Zoom and chat cool. and I have a whole thing to take them through but nice. it's just rewarding yeah it's so rewarding yeah and I love that you're going to do it live I was thinking are you go at some point going to put it into something that's evergreen that people can do all the time or do you really think that that like one-on-one -on -one is critical I think it's something that I could consider um, but I think especially with kids you know yeah. <clears throat> kids are less likely to want to really read and dive in yeah that's so true and Attention I think when spans they are different. This, yeah, and I think, you know, as adults, it's like, if this is something we want to do, we'll do the research. But with kids, I think there's something to be said for seeing it. And it was even interesting because when I did my master class, a lot of the feedback I was getting from them was seeing other kids work. Yeah, that's you know? really now, this cool. Was, yeah, this was in person, but they were like, I learned so much more even just watching the other people in the class and seeing them sort of transform with these small little details. That's great. So I think I, I it's a, an option I could consider yeah. for the future for sure. But I think especially for kids. That makes, that makes total sense. I hadn't thought about that component of it. I'm also wondering because... I mean, it's really any art. It doesn't necessarily have to be like the theater or acting component because I'm thinking of like my niece, for instance, who's an incredible guitarist. Um, same thing for her. Like if that's a part of the video piece and presenting yeah. and it could be more than that, um, just yeah. as a different like target audience because they, they need to learn those things as well. And it's really, it's some basic things, yeah. but we just don't think about them yeah you know yeah. like for example the background that you have right now is stunning and I love chatting with you and seeing what I see but for an audition setting it would be too distracting right right you know yeah because then we might be looking at the picture behind you instead of your face right so huh cool it's little things like that yeah, yeah. that's really cool <clears throat> well I'm so yeah. excited for you to get on that adventure I think it's really going to make a huge impact even for the receiving end of the studios who are receiving it, they're going to be like, whoa, what? these kids have like a one-up, essentially, because yeah. they're going to have yeah. those things taken care of. So what a cool like competitive edge for, for them as uh, a budding artist, if you will. Yeah, I'm excited. And I don't know, there's, there's something about kids, too. It just... Uh, I don't know. It feels so good to work with them, and it's it's so rewarding. That's so beautiful. So tell me about what's next for Jessica. Like, you have this going on. This is actually next, but it's really soon and happening now. Like, when you vision cast for yourself three, five, ten years from now, are you in New York City? Uh, what does that look like? I think it I think it's here my husband and I always go back and forth like should we just move to LA you know yeah. we're we're both more TV film focused at the moment yeah. um but our family is close in Massachusetts so it's hard yeah. I don't know but I think I think New York for now yeah um honestly in the next like two three years um First of all, I would love to get out of my, I call it a, my J-O-B. So my my 
normal regular income because yeah. once again as an actor like you need yes. something to supplement yes. um and so i would like to move away from that and more focusing on myself and the podcast and just acting and um and then i'd like to try to start a family yeah. um part of the whole reason why i haven't become a mom yet and started that whole journey is because I'm working on getting off some medication that I'm on from a diagnosis that I got. Mm. And so if I, I couldn't even have kids right now if yeah. I wanted to. And so I've really spent since J January of this past year was really like the starting line yeah. of really kind of focusing on my health and um, changing my diet and really like I've always been a fit person, but right. really focusing on that and putting myself first. And so I would like to really take the next year and try to get off of the medication that I'm on to try to start that journey. Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting question when you ask it, because while that's kind of one of my next goals and things I want to focus on, I also want all of these other, you know, business passion, yeah. you know, sides of me to really thrive along the same line. Yeah. And um, it'll be interesting to see how that molds together. But yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's really cool. And like, honestly, the next segue of I talk a lot and the premise of the Fit and Faith podcast when it first started beyond the entrepreneurial side of things was this mind, body and soul journey that we're all on. And it looks different for every single person. And you've told us a lot about like your mental and your like being growth as you, you know, emerged into being who you are today. But tell us more about like that journey um, in a health perspective, whether it be the mental health piece of having two homes or the health piece of this diagnosis that you're telling us about. Um, I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because especially in New York, but for many people, it's nonstop and it's go, go, go. And you have all of these things that you're focusing on. And so to be honest, when COVID-19 hit and we were required to stay in our homes, it, it was almost a blessing for me to stop and slow down. And so the mental part of it really has just kind of blossomed. I mean, I've started practicing meditation where I always would want to dabble in that, but I never really did. And so it's been really kind of a nice time for me to get back to calming myself and to take 30 minutes and read or go to the park and just stare at the water for a little bit or, you know, whatever those sort of mental components are. So really that's kind of come recently with the wake of everything that our world's been going through. Um, and then basically I'll try to make a super long story short, but as far as the physical side of things go, I, up until the time I was 25, I was, I mean, healthy as can be. I never had acne in high school or anytime. Oh, I, gosh, I wish I you had know, <laughs> oh my gosh, I had like the best skin, skin yeah. always got compliments on my face for yeah. my skin. Um, ate pretty well. I mean, you know, yeah. like didn't have a ton of junk food, but like average. Um, and then I started to develop these spots on my body. I had one of my best friends staying with me in New York at the time, sleeping in my bed. And so at first I thought it was bed bugs, but oh then she didn't have any bites on her. So I was yeah. like, well, it can't be bed bugs. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I ended up getting diagnosed with psoriasis. Mm. 
And it was an interesting time because I got diagnosed and then it was maybe about three months later or so is when I got my offer to go on the national tour of Beauty and the Beast. So I had something and so stressful starting, but then something so victorious starting at the same time. And it continued to go that way in that parallel for um, two years. So by the end of a year, I was completely covered head to toe. Wow. Like you wouldn't even recognize me. Yeah. Luckily, my face remained fine, except like I had a couple spots here mm-hmm. and here. Mm-hmm. But my scalp, my mm-hmm. entire body, I mean, just covered. Um, and I was continuing to perform. And it was really hard because I remember we'd get to a new city and the costume people that would always help you, yeah. they would not mean anything by it, but they would make comments or say, oh, did you get bit by mosquitoes or whatever? And it was hard to kind of deal with that. mentally navigate that. Yeah, I tried a bunch of different diets. I went on this like green apple diet where I just ate green apples for like four days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't work. The things we do um, for <laughs> Right. I tried all these things. Um, I did end up going gluten-free and the blessing about that, it was challenging being on the road, but I had such an amazing group of people in my cast and they would constantly come up to me like, oh, I found a gluten-free treat. I got this for you at the store. And I mean, they were my everything. Um, I started to, I went on a biologic medication, uh-huh. Cumera, uh-huh. Um, and my skin started to clear up here and there. But literally a year to the day after I started, I developed some pain. Um, I had to call out of the show, which I hadn't done in the whole like year and a half. I had never called out of a show, but I had to call out of a show because I just couldn't walk. Um, and it got so bad. My husband came to visit me when we were in L.A. and I literally couldn't walk to the bathroom. He had to carry me to the bathroom. My, I also developed vasculitis. Um, so basically I got diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis and vasculitis. My ankles got huge and swollen. They were all these spots on, it was, I felt like a monster truly. Um, and I ended up getting off of the Humira going on to methotrexate, which is a really strong, they use it for cancer patients, but many other autoimmune diseases. Um, and also another medication called Dapsone. And so now I was placed with this autoimmune disease that I was trying to figure out how to navigate. And so um, pretty much where I'm at now is I've, I'm only on the Dapsone and the methotrexate, but I'm trying to wean off of the methotrexate. Mm-hmm. My skin is great. Yeah, you look amazing. A, you would never know. Yeah, no, um, I have like a couple little spots on my like elbows, yeah. a little bit here. Um, but I mean, for the most part, I, you know, the other day I actually had to do a commercial audition for psoriasis. I just had to sit there and talk about my experience. Yeah. And I went back and looked at some of the pictures that I had and I just got so emotional because I couldn't, you know, going back to how I felt during that time was just like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. Um, So now I've been trying to really, I started in January, um, Amy, Dr. Amy Myers, um, autoimmune solution. I took on her autoimmune diet, which I really like to just call a way of life now. 
Um, I've started to implement some other things that I didn't really see much of an effect on my body, but I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free basically besides like coconut sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, I really only have some basic oils, olive oil, sesame oil, avocado oil. Um, and this is just my new normal. Um, and it, it was something that was so scary. And, you know, I, to think of giving up certain things or transitioning is, is really hard. But once, once you have a certain why, and my why has been, you know, to start a family, it's, going to grab that piece of bread or have that pasta or grab that you know candy Mm -hmm. I just have been picturing that that moment of being a mom and it's just like it it doesn't make it easy but it makes it easier you know so so anyway that was probably way longer than you anticipated no I think it's amazing I think it's so critical to share in like a part of your you know teacher ability your education ability like it all parts of us, every part of our storyline has purpose in where God has us intended to go. And you might not even know that that you know, commercial has a ripple effect in somebody else's life that then can transform the way that they have now you know, became a mom. And so to know that that's a part of your storyline and know that you're purposed in sharing it, I'm, I'm grateful that you, you know, spent the time to do so and hopeful that all of the things that you have implemented, even the things like meditation that can play such a role in your ability to quiet your spirit and quiet your cells and your neurons and everything, there's, there's so much more depth to that than what I think people, even Christians, give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're, I... we're called to, you know, to rest and there's a lot of value in that. So I, I'm hopeful, just like it was for you, that people during this time of quarantine were able to find a sense of rest, even when it was forced. Yeah, and I'd really encourage, if there's anybody out there with any sort of an autoimmune disease, or even if it's not diagnosed, but you're getting like chronic headaches or chronic stomach pains or, you know, something that you should not be normal for the normal human being, um, I recently watched a documentary called Heal. Oh, and it so was, good. Oh, it's so good. Yes. So I yes, watched it years ago. Out there. It's like, oh, it was so, and it, it's, it really encouraged me. Like if, if you take the power of your mind and the negativity and, or I should say, and take the power of the positivity, mm. like you can totally transform. And I think that, so that, true whether that's God for you or whether that's an energy for you, like whatever that is for you, I think I believe in it. I so, so believe in it. And, and there are people, there's facts, there's reality yeah. that like people have healed themselves. Yes. So yes. I really encourage you. So to powerful. And that's that component of, of mental health, not to give it its own tagline or anything like that, but that there is so much power in the placement of focusing there and almost focusing yes. there first because that's the connection to your heart. That's the connection to yourselves. That's the connection to that mind, body, and soul piece um, because it's often the first inhibitor is, is the mindset because of whatever reason we have the ability through our eyes, through our ears, even through our taste buds with things like sugar and gluten, that it will deter you and distract you from the, the wealth of how you're supposed to feel on the inside. And Mm -hmm. we just have this common norm of being uncomfortable or feeling bloated or um, feeling dehydrated. And it's, it's literally not just a, 
food or a kitchen thing. It's a mental thing. Um, and it's what's being given to us and fed to us visually through commercials, through the sound mm-hmm. of the music and what people are talking about. And so to get quiet with yourself and to find that alignment piece of, okay, like distraction free and, and feeling like feel hungry and realize what your body actually craves it has it's not those things it's not the gluten it's not the sugar yet that's the yeah. first thing that we end up going to and so yeah. um i haven't gone through something in the same sense as what you have but through my own mind body and soul journey through my identity discovery through who i whose i am and discovering who i am in that I really started to activate myself in the realm of what I was taking on in my body. And it has been transformative, even in just the way that I feel. And I used to sleep for three or four hour naps because like I could. And now if I tried to sleep for three or four hours, which sometimes I would love to, I'm (laughs) 20 minutes and I'm like, boom. And I have the most energy that I could possibly have way less lethargic than I ever was after waking up from a three hour um, nap. And that's because of how I feel my body. It's like, okay, you don't need that. You get enough rest and here's your little mental shutdown, which can also be done through meditation. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's really cool. Well, and I think too, it's like, you know, the concept of like whatever you focus on grows. Mm -hmm. And even if we subconsciously focus on it, like, oh man, my back hurts. Gosh, my back hurts so bad. Man, my my back just hurts. As opposed to the opposite of that. You know, I was really grateful because when I was going through probably, not probably, the hardest physical time of my life, I was on tour surrounded by people who were amazing, doing a job that I loved, Mm -hmm. having people meet me at the stage door asking for my autograph, like Mm -hmm. just so much Um, you know, amazing things, going to these new cities and and seeing new places. I don't know what it would have been like for me if I had been here in the city, you know, quote unquote, pounding the pavement, trying to look for a job. And so I'm so grateful that God gave me the opportunity to have such a blessing while going through such a challenge because I, yeah, of course I was focused on my, my skin because I looked at it every day and I had people comment commenting on it. But the majority, like when I go back and I think about tour, I don't think about my skin. I think about all the beautiful things that happened. So it's truly, I think, you know, what, what we focus on grows. There was a really, the last thing I'll say about that is, um, there was a really cool, exercise that I've heard um, through Tony Robbins and he says to look around the room and see everything that's green like look at everything everything that's green find everything that's green okay see everything that's green it's all green and now close your eyes and think of everything that's red Mm. and you can't think of anything that's red because the only thing you were looking for was green and when you open your eyes you then look for red and you're like oh my gosh there's so much red Wow. But it's truly cool. just what, you know, what, what you're focusing yeah, on. Yeah, so. I love him. I think that's so good. Have you mm-hmm. watched his um, Netflix? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Watched it again last night, actually. <laughs> it's so good. I recently watched it a few months ago. It was pre-quarantine when I was folding laundry. And my husband had had the kids outside of the house. And I just, like completely broke down like a huge sobbing baby in so many different realms. And I felt like 
I'm on the other side of that. I'm like, wait, this is not for me. I'm just, I was literally trying to learn like a teacher, not what he was saying, but how he taught. So I was like yes. looking at it from a different perspective. And then yep. he got me and I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm receiving, I'm receiving, I'm receiving. And, um, you know, I think it was such a God moment for me. And, you know, he, he doesn't necessarily preach his faith by any means, but I think God can speak through so many different humans, so many different things, not even humans. And so it's just a matter of us like receiving that, which is the same thing as like how you're focusing. It's how you, how you receive the things. What is, uh, what's the saying? What is taught is caught. And so Mm -hmm. the things that you're being taught and the, again, the mind, body, soul piece, the things that you're seeing, hearing, tasting, doing, and the people you're surrounding yourself with, those are, are subconsciously being integrated into you every single day, even if you think you're stronger. Eventually, that is going to look a different way. So being really mindful of what we intake as human beings, um, and I've shared this before on the podcast, but being in control of the sound that comes in, what do I listen to, what podcast am I turning on, what audible book am I listening to, what music is coming into my frame, of mind because even things like that that are subconscious and you're like oh it's no big deal it's just rap music or whatever it can truly affect you yeah the news (laughs) that's a huge thing for now i don't watch the news so hence my my lack of of using it as an example i I can't do it and so yeah really just being mindful of those things um because it truly can take root in a place that you don't want it to and cause pain in in so many different ways stress related. I agree a hundred percent. Really cool. Jessica, I feel like we could keep talking for hours and we will continue because I have to tell you all these business ideas I have in my brain. (laughs) You guys for those. It's so good. I think, and I always, when I share that with people, I never want to like put them in the wrong direction, but I truly feel like God has gifted me that to like give to people, um, as an opportunity for their next stepping stone. So wherever you're being led, uh, I believe where you are right now is really beautiful and it has so much transform transformative power just in mind, body and soul spaces, but your passion and your purpose. And so this was definitely a, a really amazing podcast and I hope that it meets people uh, as a final question to, to cue it out, mind, body, and soul aside, what is the one thing that you would share as an activation piece for somebody to follow their dreams? Hmm. Meaning like what is something that they can do? to take those steps or something that like a saying that means a lot to you that keeps you going any motivation factor I'll share two factors one is kind of um I started this group called victories group and we meet once a month and we talk about only the positivity in our life only the things that have been victorious throughout the past month and at the end of we each get about 15 minutes to speak. And then at the end of our time, we lay um, yellow bricks, um, kind of like the Wizard of Oz. And so, you know, we have to kind of lay our bricks to make our path and get to that Emerald City. And so what those yellow bricks are, are just, they can 
they're encouraged to be small steps, whether that's just making a phone call or sending an email or paying for that membership that you've been waiting to do or whatever it is, but it's just three yellow bricks that you are determined to accomplish by X number of time. Mm-hmm. And so you can lay your yellow bricks every morning You for, the, for that day. You could lay your yellow bricks for the month or for the year or whatever, but um, it, they're intended to be smaller, um, just small little steps that you can take. And that's been something this year that's really been helpful to me because, um, you know, as we as I come up on our next meeting, I'll kind of go back and say like, what were my yellow bricks? And some of them I subconsciously did. I'm like, oh yeah, I got that done. But then other things I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't gotten to that yet. So I better get that done. Um, And then the other is just a little quote that my dad's always said to me and that stuck with me. And it's just, if you think you can, you can. Mm -hmm. If you think you can't, you're right. And um, it's just all bringing in that mindset piece to really believing and, um, you know, something that's hard to do, especially in a performing career. But um, I think the other thing that's just coming to me is the fact that, you know, in our lives, no matter what it is that we do, we all are multi-hyphenate in whatever ways that is. And I think embracing that has been one of the biggest lessons for me as an actor as an, and as an artist, because I came to New York City wanting to perform on Broadway but I've learned that if I, I can't say that success equals Broadway, because then that means if I have a baby, that that's not success. Mm-hmm. If I have a commercial, that's not success. Mm-hmm. If I, you know, get on a TV show, that's not success because I had this one main goal. So I think it's interesting to see how our journey takes us and where we're guided and laying those yellow bricks and realizing that even those yellow bricks are little, you know, successful things to so check off our list. I love that so much. And I want to parallel it with something that I participate in with my group um, within a network, which you're, of course, invited to. I have to send you the link to it afterwards. And all of our listeners are. Um, It is a space for movers and shakers and kingdom-minded passionistas to just share and thrive and grow alongside one one another. And this tip specifically for the yellow brick concept is amazing. I hope that you share it within the group as well. But I do something similar but with different words and it's uh, a bit of a mindset shift in the fact of it's called a fail forward party and so every more every month we get together and we talk about uh, failure points that became momentum points and how you can teach somebody through that without them having to actually experience it And so to Mm -hmm. say this happened in my personal life or this happened in my business life and here's how I got past it, how you can get past it and how it's now a win in my life. So for instance, psoriasis could be that fail forward. Like you went through this entire season and then you tried all of these things and now you're able to meditate and now you're able to have your baby. And now, you know, that's going to be like a winning experience. That's going to be so many yellow bricks happened and were laid in order for you to get to that space of, of sharing the good news. And ultimately that's what a fail forward party is about. That's the yellow brick party. It's all about the good news. And that's, I think already what you do on a consistent basis, your aura totally just has that, that goodness, that sweetness of the Lord. And so I'm grateful to share it on the show today and excited to be in community with you. I, this has been one of the, one of the best hours I've had since, uh, 
a few months. So I'm so grateful to spend it with you. And thank you so much for sharing. Likewise, friend, likewise. All right, y'all. See you later. Tune in next week. (laughs) Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode, you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Ant. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend in my new podcast, Billy and the Goat. I share the life-changing events that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.